This is Aspiring Altruists, the show where you'll hear the stories of young professionals in the nonprofit sector working to change the world. We'll dive into their backgrounds, hear about the work they do, and ultimately learn how they got to where they are and how you can do the same. With the nonprofit sector comprising one of the largest U.S. workforces by tackling the world's biggest problems across nine major categories, you may just hear something that could change your life, and through it, the lives of countless others. On this episode, you'll hear from someone with a passion for empowering students to promote peacebuilding through education, Akshay Kashikar. Akshay is a program officer at Education for Employment, the leading nonprofit job placement network in the Middle East and North Africa. He recently earned his master's in international education development and was an intern at the United Nations while earning that degree. Akshay is going to share with us about his background that led to his internationally focused passions, what he has already learned in these early years of his career, what he hopes to accomplish through his work, and more. So, let's turn it over to him. So, Akshay, can you tell the listeners a bit about the role that you're in and the organization you work for? So, yeah, I'm a uh, program officer at Education for Employment. Education for Employment is a a nonprofit organization. We are a actually a network of affiliated organizations that focus on uh, connecting youth in the Middle East and North Africa um, to the world of work. Uh, so we provide things like employment training, vocational training, um, job search training, uh, as well as entrepreneurship training um, to youth to help them sort of find that first job or make that first transition. Um, a little bit easier for for youth across the Middle East and North Africa. We work in um, about nine different countries, and we have what we call support hubs in in DC, Madrid, and Dubai. Um, and that's where I work. I work at our uh, DC office. My my job there is mainly focused on providing support to some of our affiliate organizations. I focus mostly on our programs in Tunisia and Yemen. I also work on things like uh, business development, um, writing proposals and grants, also working on a few uh, network-wide projects. Um, We're starting a new mentorship program uh, that I'm leading up, as well as a few different uh, work streams. Wow, sounds like you're involved in a lot of different, uh, wear a lot of different hats, which I guess is, is kind of the norm being in the nonprofit sector doing a lot of different things in one under one one title <laughs> but yeah with that you know yeah working for an organization that like you were describing there is focused on helping in areas of the middle east as well as north africa has to be challenging so you were describing the different things you would do in your role what do you say are your favorite parts of the the organization you work for and kind of your role as well as what do you hope to accomplish through all that work that you're doing you know, I'd say like one of the most important parts and one of the reasons why I chose to work at this organization um, is actually the the organizational structure. And this is maybe getting into a bit of the of the details. But um, if you are familiar with international development, um, a lot of times these bigger global organizations can feel really top down where you have, you know, a a main office, uh, a home office in in one of these Western countries like the U.S. or in, in Europe, um, sort of dictating to organizations, implementing organizations um, in countries. But 
At EFE, we actually do things a little bit different. All of our affiliate organizations, as I mentioned, in the Middle East and North Africa that do implement their programming are all independent organizations. They all have their own board. They all have their own CEOs. They hire locally. And us here in D.C., as well as our support offices in, in Dubai and in Madrid, are really just there for support. We're we're helping them to sort of find the grants, write proposals, making sure that we you know, have a good uh, stream of funds coming in and just being there for overall management, uh, you know, keeping track of data, thinking of, you know, long-term learning uh, across the organization, things like that. So I think it's a, it's a pretty unique setup. It's something that I haven't really come across um, that often in, in the development space. Uh, so I think that that's one of the, my favorite things for sure. In terms of like real practical sort of things that I want to accomplish, you know, for me, it's always about the, the youth. Uh, I started off a long time ago in getting a bachelor's degree in childhood education and working as a teacher. So for me, the, the students and, and the youth are always uh, at the, the forefront of my, my thoughts and my goals. So when I think of EFE, I'm always thinking about our success stories. Um, about the youth that have gone through our programming and have come out on top. You know, I, I can think of two immediately. We had a recent event in New York. It was one of our first, like, actual ticketed charity events. Um, and visiting us were, were two of our graduates, one from Tunisia and one from Jordan. Um, Ali uh, is our uh, Tunisian graduate. He is an entrepreneur and started off taking a build your business better program at, at EFE, um, EFE Tunis, Tunisia. And he's since created this amazing company. He has built this company from scratch. They're buying and selling used cars in Tunisia. Uh, you know, they found a gap in the market and have really taken over. Um, now he employs other Tunisians. And I think like that is just the, the type of story that's amazing to hear and really gives me more of a reason to continue uh, another one of our graduates that we met in, in New York was uh, Omar. Omar is a chef from from Jordan. He participated in some of our hospitality training that we provide there. And now he's a chef at a Michelin star restaurant in Dubai. Hearing those types of stories are like really the, all the motivation that I need uh, to do what I what I do. Nice. Yeah, and I know that kind of as you were again describing there that you've got a passion really for empowering students, uh, aiming to promote peace building through education, as well as like you were just describing work with them on other areas. Where did your passion for all this come from? Well, I think I, I knew that I wanted to find a way to impact the world early on. I am an immigrant. I was born in India and moved here when I was pretty young. I was four years old. So I was I saw both sides of things. I think uh, you know, I was privileged enough here in the U.S. to have you know a family that supported me. I, I grew up uh, you know in a middle class home, but I also had the privilege of being able to travel around the world, going back to India and seeing where you know my family comes from, seeing my heritage, uh, and so I wanted to sort of make that connection to what I wanted to do as. Um, as uh, a professional, uh, I wanted to have some sort of way to impact the world in a positive way, to leave it in a better place. 
And for me, that came through education. I became interested in education uh, right around when I was in college and decided that, you know, I wanted to try to be a teacher. I wanted to get the experience of being in a classroom and working with children. And I was able to do that in New York uh, for a little while and then proceeded to move into the international education sphere uh, when I was in grad school. So, yeah, that's I think that's where it's where it all started. Gotcha. Yeah. Having, having, like you said, experienced it and having, yeah, the different unique background experiences that, that all led you to here. I guess along, along with that, yeah, having, I know in having looked at your background, you've, you've worked for the UN, you've interned with an organization that's based internationally, and now you're at this global organization. Uh, what would you say is unique or maybe challenging about working for these kinds of international organizations that our audience here should know about if they're considering working for a similar kind of organization? Uh, that's a that's a good question. There are so many, so many different challenges and, of course, lots of benefits and, and really amazing things that come from working at international organizations. You know, I think in terms of challenges, the, the main things that I think of are working across cultures, working across time zones, Oftentimes, it's so difficult just to find a good time to meet. You know, typically my day starts because I'm working with the the Middle East and North Africa. Uh, my day starts at as early as 7 a.m. where we have meetings sometimes, and we oftentimes have to work late uh, to to meet deadlines and things. So I think that that can be challenging. Uh, there's also cultural differences between the way that we work. You know, oftentimes we have to work around things like uh, holidays and time off and all of these other things that uh, that occur when you're working in a, you know, across countries and across uh, continents in this case. But I think it's also incredibly rewarding to, to do so. Um, you get to learn so much about different cultures and different people. Uh, I was lucky enough to be able to visit uh, a few of our affiliated countries uh, last year, last fall. I traveled to Jordan, uh, Palestine and Morocco. And it was such an amazing experience. You know, I think working remotely, uh, you can oftentimes lose sight of what it is you're working on and who it is that you're working with. But when you finally get a chance to meet those people, uh, you understand, you know, you have that shared passion, you have that shared goal, uh, and it becomes much, much easier to, to work together um, when you have that face-to-face. -face. So I, I really appreciate that. You know, in terms of advice or any sort of, wisdom that I have for other people or, or listeners that might be trying to work in a similar organization. You know, I was thinking about this actually pretty recently when we were discussing with some colleagues about AI. Uh, we were talking about artificial intelligence and how nonprofits could potentially use artificial intelligence now that it's really blowing up recently. And I and I sort of just realized that oftentimes the the types of people that want to work in international development or in you know international affairs or international relations they often see one route to get there uh and that's oftentimes you know the let's get a degree in international development let's get a degree in international affairs you know and then and then go from there but i i think that i wish someone told me this when i was younger that uh if you have this sort of passion if you want to make some sort of social impact on the world, if you want to work internationally, there are many, many, many different roads to get there. 
you don't have to just like become this, uh, you know, international affairs expert. You, there are many, many different pathways, career choices that you can make. I, I'm thinking about our organization or my, my organization. We have, you know, finance people, we have statistics people, we have people who work on, you know, monitoring and evaluation, and we have people that work on uh, fundraising. All of these are different careers that um, are crucial to what we do. So, yeah, when I think about, you know, back then, if I could give myself some advice, I would say, you know, think about the passion, think about where, what the type of change that you want to make, but be creative in how you want to go about making that change. Yeah, and I'd say that's certainly true, having, of course, spoken with so many different people across various different types of organizations, as well as working in the nonprofit sector myself, that is something that uh, is true across, especially the whole nonprofit field, um, is that when you're, you know, kind of like you were describing there, you've you've got the mission that you're working on, but each of those missions have the different roles that are needed in order to successfully work on those missions. And so there's a lot of different opportunities, both in terms of roles, as well as various backgrounds that people can have to get into those roles. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're all critical too. You know, I, the reason that I'm saying this is we we're looking at um, at ways to use AI at the company right now, <laughs> and none of us really have a background in this. Mm -hmm. uh, we have no you know tech background. We don't really have a computer science background. And just thinking like ten years into the future, I can see how there might be like an AI specialist role at at a nonprofit. You know. Right. Yeah. So that computer science background or yeah, in, in organizations like the one I work for, an environmental organization, you've got the the scientists and those kinds of people. Uh, and yeah, with, with yours, what you were describing there, I could see like more uh, some psychology or maybe things like that in terms of working with people and uh, navigating the different cultures. I could see people with those kinds of backgrounds maybe need to be important. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lots of opportunities and lots of backgrounds. I mean, I come, I have a business school background and have jumped into, yeah, looking, aiming for more advocacy focused work myself. So yeah. always uh, lots of opportunities, lots of different roles, as we have heard uh, across the episodes here on the show. Well, I'll ask you one thing that I ask all of my guests here, which is if there were one thing uh either about life in general or about work or any other area that you want to share with your fellow young adult audience what would that one thing be that is a good question and it's very connected to you know the work that i do working with youth who are really trying to find that first foothold um that first job first opportunity when they get out of school and it's something that's pretty close to my heart because it's, you know, it's something that we all go through. I, I'm sure that everyone has been uh, in that really, that place of dread when you graduate, or when you get out of school and you have to find a job and you're struggling and you don't know if you're going to find something. So I would say, you know, for young people out there that are that are working or trying to find a job, you you need to believe in yourself. Like you need to really bet on yourself and invest in yourself. I think that outsider syndrome is very real. It's something that everyone deals with, uh, young people more than others. 
So you have to really accept and acknowledge those feelings, uh, whether it's when you're looking for a job or whether you've just started a job, you know, don't expect yourself to know everything. I think there's a, there's a, like a trend or, or a need to sort of prove yourself when you first join a new job uh, to really like try to impress the people around you and make sure that like people uh, accept you and, and, and believe that you are meant to be there. But when you start a new job, you know, you're just learning. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to ask questions. So I, I would say like, don't, don't be afraid to make mistakes early on, but also like, don't also be, don't be passive when you just start a new job. That if you have experiences, that you, if you have knowledge, if you have something to say, a new way of doing things, like don't be afraid to chime up and, and get your point across when, when you can. Yeah, so I would say like re really be conscious of those feelings that you have. You're not alone. There's many other people. All of the other young people around you are probably feeling those same things. Uh, and also all of your colleagues and, you know, senior leaders at your organizations have also been through those those same positions and have also felt those feelings. So, yeah, just be aware of it um, and don't let it stop you from from trying new things. Definitely. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. And um, yeah, that's kind of a uh, a purpose of the, the whole podcast here. This whole show is to expose people to lots of different people that are working in different fields that have tried different things and kind of spark ideas for, like you were saying, the, the classic, you graduate, you try to figure out what you want to do with your life. Um, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that insight and invite any of the listeners that are hearing that to, uh, as a part of that, continue to explore the other episodes uh, that may uh, be a way of exploring and doing that kind of testing through hearing other stories as well. But yeah, that's, that's just about what I've got time for you here. But uh, how can people best connect with you if they'd like to hear more about your story and about the work you do? People can find me on LinkedIn. Um, people can also email me, uh, especially if you are looking to um, learn more about EFE. Feel free to email me at my at my EFE and my work email, which is a Ashikar, uh, just the letter A in my last name uh, at EFE.org. And also, I would say I want to take a minute to plug our new mentorship program. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Um, you know, this is a new program that we're launching this year. I've been developing this and piloting this, and we are finally at a place where we really want to launch this across uh, our network. And, and the goal here is to really just connect uh, all of our graduates with experienced professionals from around the world. Uh, we want to continue providing them support after they've, you know, finished a training program or after they've been placed in a job. You know, those first few months can be really critical and having a mentor to guide you uh, is, is so important. So if you are an experienced professional and you want to learn more about how to become a mentor for youth in the Middle East and North Africa, then please do get in touch uh, either via LinkedIn or, or via email. Yeah, and as always, I will have all of that linked down in the show notes for our listeners, both your email as well as your link to your LinkedIn profile. Um, and yeah, definitely. I mean, mentorship is 
something that's key for uh, anybody earlier in their career that I know I wish I had kind of taken advantage of some kind of mentorship earlier in my early career and uh, definitely makes a difference just as you're trying to figure out your way and trying to figure out what to do to uh, learn from those further along in their journey um, in the same way that the audience is listening from or is learning from those that are sharing their story here on the show. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, again, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show today and for sharing your story. Well, thanks for having, having me, Adam. Um, this was fun, and I, I hope that uh, the, the listeners find, uh, find this interesting and, and actually do reach out. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. Hopefully you learned something new about the work happening in the nonprofit sector and were inspired to get involved. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening from. If you want to learn more about today's guest, how you can contact them and explore the organization they work for, check out the show notes. But that'll do it for this episode. Come back next time to hear from yet another aspiring author.